This is the Stripped Down Podcast with Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, and Bravo reality TV star, Allie Levine. Join in with her weekly as Allie dishes on all things motherhood, the real, the raw, and everything in between. Buckle up, it's about to get real. Here's Allie. Hi. <laughs> Hi, loves. Welcome back to another Strip Down with Allie Levine. And I have an amazing guest today. I'm so excited about her. I don't have enough good things to say about this woman, honestly. <laughs> um, we have um, a relationship from her being my doula. She is an amazing friend now. She is a mama of two beautiful girls. She has an amazing podcast called Recovering from Reality. She is an ex-reality star, doula, as I said, and just an amazing person overall. Alexis Haynes. Hi. Hi, Thanks babe. for having me. Thanks for coming here. So, so grateful to do this. And I think that this podcast is really important because talking about mama struggles, like that's... It's real. Yeah. <laughs> and it's what makes us like recognize that we're not alone in some yes. of the loneliest years of our lives. Yes. Yeah. So much. And I appreciate you saying that. And you honestly gave me so much confidence in the beginning of motherhood and with my struggles with postpartum depression and just you know, navigating that so up and down, emotional, crazy journey that like obviously clearly never ends from hearing it from you being yeah. a mom of two. And obviously it's just different struggles and different waves that you ride. But like the beginning of motherhood is just so crazy. And I feel like everyone just shows these like rainbows and unicorns. And you're like, wait, isn't it like that for me? Why yeah. is this so crazy? And so that's what made me, you know, want to do this. And of course have you on because you were my doula and you were a huge part of me coming into motherhood and even now being friends like I vent to you still and you know talk to you all this stuff and you'll give me advice so of course now you're a seasoned mama but how do you feel like you know when you started as a new mama to where you are now like how have you navigated motherhood there well to give some back some history like I grew up with a really horrible childhood so I had so many um concerns about becoming a mom and like how I would raise my children and I was almost like um anal about (laughs) about the things that I like really believed and like thought that were absolutely necessary to having healthy children and um very quickly I learned you know from my own birth that ended up being a home birth transfer C-section <sighs> that things are not going to go the way that I always want them to and the way yeah. that I planned and that is motherhood like right there and in a true, nutshell right out the gate. it's like hey it's not going to be what you think it is <laughs> yes and it and it's just not and um I, Harper my oldest who just turned 6 is one of my greatest teachers I've learned just so much from her in these first six years of her life and I think that um I think that it's it's um the the biggest piece of advice that I would give anybody is to go with the flow and stop swimming against the tide and I spent so much time so like I thought that I had to be a perfect attachment parent that I had to breastfeed on demand um co-sleep bed share um you know pick her up every single time that she cried she could never cry (laughs) you know what I mean like a super like almost like um a possessive isn't the right word but just like a very coddling like mother 
in order to meet every single one of her emotional needs um, in those first couple of years of life or else she was going to end up like I did. And for anybody who follows me, you know that I'm eight years sober. Um, And I got sober at a really young age and I had a really, I had a a bad addiction and have, um, you know, I overcame that really young. And so I, I really believe that trauma is the reason for addiction and that the opposite of trauma and how to recover from from addiction is through like connection and um and and attachments well I was creating a monster (laughs) because um because first of all I wasn't taking care of like my own mental health and my own needs and then second of all Um, I wasn't allowing, I wasn't, I, I guess I didn't realize, and I love Janet Lansbury. She's kind of like my parenting guru. Now what I realized, um, when Harper was about 18 months and I was super depressed having like 10 panic attacks a day, my body was always shaking because I wasn't sleeping. She was up every two hours. She was like over a year old. We were nursing just like all the time. And I was so tapped out and had not been taking care of any of my my needs and coddling her with every single one of hers was that I was actually like I didn't recognize that um that I could be a support person for her but that I didn't actually have to fix her feelings all the time and that I was actually giving more um creating more damage than like help by constantly fixing her um, whether it was sticking my boob in her mouth, which was like 90% of the time or distraction or whatever. And of course there's times for that where it's like the boob is the fix all cure all. And that's amazing. Um, but there's so much value in, um, helping our children understand their feelings and supporting them through their big emotions rather than pacifying them. And I was spending a lot of time pacifying them. And so, um, fast forward to getting pregnant with baby number two, I had a really challenging pregnancy. It was very high risk. I ended up going on to have a VBAC. Then I had three blood clots in my lung as a result of the pregnancy, and I almost died when she was eight days old. So crazy. Just wild. Um, And there was, so I had a three-year-old who had these, like, all of these big emotions, and I had a newborn baby, and I was recovering from all of this stuff. Um, And you know what I realized is that um, I started to, develop kind of like a balance in motherhood of like okay there's two of them one of me (laughs) like how do I juggle this whole thing and literally it's honestly one of those things where I can tell you and I told you so many tips and things that I've learned along the way um little gems like don't have a birth plan have birth preferences oh yes you told me that like a hundred times don't have a birth plan have birth preferences because you will forever be left down let down when your birth doesn't go your way um or like don't have your family there when you're delivering or whatever all of these little tidbits of advice that I give um to new moms and it's like but at the end of the day you have to figure it out for yourself and these are things that I learned I learned the hard way and so so you know (laughs) so I'm like sprinkling the knowledge you know what I mean (laughs) all the way around to whoever wants it I mean it's 
I try not to give unsolicited advice. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just like, well, what do you think about, like, you know, not having extra people there when you deliver and, right. and things like that. So um, it's definitely been, like, a really wild um, and amazing journey. I mean, like, I'm a sober mom. I don't get that 5 o'clock glass of, I was gonna of say, red wine. Honestly, it's I, hard. I give you a lot of credit because I'm not going to lie. Like, I, not every day, but there are days, like yesterday with Amelia T. Yeah. I had two glasses of wine. Yes. Mama just needed to, Need to like, get out <laughs> of the head. Yeah. I totally get that. So I'm a sober mom of two kids, and um, I have a couple of businesses, and I'm really busy. Um, and... You know, somehow I'm like running the show. And that doesn't mean my mental health doesn't suffer because it totally does. (laughs) We all do. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like we're in a crazy, you know what I mean? And that's what I mean by like stop swimming against the tide. Like stop putting so much pressure on ourselves. Stop thinking that everything has to be perfect. Like we're all in this shit, like literal shit. Yeah. Like cleaning up shitty poopy diapers all day long. Together. Together. Uh So it's like, you know... And instead of swimming against the tide, like start just swimming with it and just giving ourselves some grace. Yeah. Which I think is huge. You taught me that in the beginning. You kept saying, give yourself grace, give yourself grace. And I would just kind of, you know, of course, as a new mom, you kind of listen and then you just in one ear out the other ear because you're still all over the place. And now that I'm like, you know, 14 months out of being a new mom, which is still a new mom, but I feel a little bit less crazy in the like new motherhood. And I'm like, Oh yeah, give yourself grace. Like it's such good advice because so many moms, we do come down on ourselves and especially yeah. like you and I and many other moms out there who run their own businesses and are running the show and CEOs of their own households and everything else going on. And you're just like, oh my gosh. And then there's me that I just leave out all the time. And you do have to give yourself that grace in order to have that sanity. Yeah, I think I'm just kind of starting to like understand the whole like self-care thing, um, which yeah. is huge. Huge. Uh, huge. So and it's like such a buzzword in our society right now, but it's like so much more. Like it's like you yeah. just said it's huge for your, it's like mental I health just, is. <laughs> yeah, I think the way that we've, I think it's really apparent just in our culture too, um, like how this go, 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 always on autopilot, yes. always flying, always so fast. Um, I'm so guilty. Of it's it. just it's it's not sustainable, and I think that that's apparent in various areas of our society, um, in motherhood, in the maternal death rate, in um, the way we're parenting and raising our children, in even things um, like health outcomes and obesity rates, and all of these things are affected because we're not able to sit down and cook together and eat and communicate our kids are having more instances of adhd and all of these things and i think it's a lot of like the corn syrup that's added in the foods and the lack of eye-to-eye connection and the lack of like mindfulness that we're like not able to actually give our children because we're not able to be mindful and present ourselves we're not able to check in because we're so go 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 all the time that like how can we not just teach our children that, but emulate that for our kids yeah. in this day and age. It's so and true. And so it's like, where do we move from here? And so I think that this movement of of just consciousness all around, like becoming a more conscious person and becoming a more conscious parent, um, I'm all here for it. It's not easy. 
Um, but like if once you actually get into the routine of it, it makes your life so much easier because yeah. you're not always thinking about the future. You're not always thinking about the past. Right. You're, you're able to actually yeah. be like, what can I handle in a day? Yeah. And like, what can I not handle? And it just really allows you to focus. And then again, on top of that is that aspect of grace of like, I didn't get around to the dishes today yep. or to <laughs> picking up all the toys or all <laughs> of the laundry or like, maybe I need to like budget so that way I can bring in someone to help me yeah. for this week week to mm-hmm. do like a like this week felt really I felt really overwhelmed and I know this is totally a first world problem but I'm a working mom with two kids who have busy schedules um and I have three businesses yeah. right so I'm very three businesses plus my kids and so my cleaning lady's been ill for like a couple of weeks okay so I've been trying to keep up with like the house and the laundry and my three businesses and I run groups at my husband's rehab I'm doing the podcasting I'm running all of my social media um I'm constantly doing other people's podcasts and um the doula and birth work right so I've got all of this stuff that I'm juggling and I just said you know what Instead of eating out this week, I'm hiring a crew to come in and, like, not just clean my house. Like, I mean detail. Like, every (laughs) single... I want every window wiped down. I want the backyard furniture cleaned up. I want all this stuff. And it's like, then that's my self-care. And it relieves so much off of my plate. That's a really good point that you just said. That's your self-care. Because I think also when people think self-care, they think, like you know, going to get a massage or going to get a facial or, you know, going and meeting up with friends. And that is self-care. I do all of that. So do I. Absolutely. But it's like, I like that you said that because I think sometimes we don't even like, I just thought it to myself, like, oh, maybe I should have someone help me and come clean in detail because that would take off my plate Uh and give me that self-care to myself. Absolutely. And they like organized my makeup drawers today. And I was like, holy shit. Like you guys are like changing. Yeah. Like changing my world right now. Like it was like 400 bucks to do this like detailed clean. But I mean like every window wiped down. Like my pantry's cleaned out. Okay. And I'm like. And every single bit of laundry folded and every sheet on every bed cleaned. And I yeah. was like, this just changed my entire That's month. so nice. Yeah. <laughs> my whole month. Yeah, yeah right. You're like, it's, it's set like me up another perfectly. dimension here. <laughs> and I mean, it's, I mean, and this is the beginning of June, so it's a great way to like start your month. And I think yes. like how when we think about like how to start our day, it should also be the same practice I'm trying to do for myself too. Like how you start that new month because when you start that new month crazy like that's how I felt in May everything was just chaos from the minute it started to the minute it ended and I was like this is so not sustainable this is so chaotic I am exhausted I'm trying to be really mindful now with June starting like new month new fresh start like okay yeah. what can I do to be more present what can I do to be more mindful you know yeah it's a lot it is a lot so for yourself how do you especially since you are sober how do you find that mindfulness and, and how do you you know help yourself and and take care of yourself so that you are able to be mindful but also give yourself that like healthy reset so um I love kombucha (laughs) I love kombucha too what's your favorite I like treat it as like wine like I put it in the wine glass and that's kind of like my little treat every day um I love I mean my favorite right now is GT's guava the Uh guava flavor is um (laughs) um no I mean there's so much self-care so because I've been sober for so long now it's kind of second nature to me which is a blessing and a curse a blessing because it's like I don't think ever really ever um about 
relapse or drinking or whatever it might be. That's amazing. But the bad part about that is that I can often go, well, then I can skip meditating today and I can skip this and I can skip that. And then it all catches up with me, which is kind of where I'm, I'm kind of coming out of that place right now where I dug myself into a really deep hole where like I can feel the anxiety coming up, the panic attack starting again, the lack of sleep, the insomnia, the stress, all of that coming up and I'm not doing the things to counteract it. So for me, um, I listen to like a lot of healing music. I listen, I really am focusing right now on, um, limiting the content that I consume to like very select, uh, uh, actually the when um, when Lauren from the skinny confidential came on she was talking about how she only looks at like 10 yes, accounts I that that's it mm-hmm. I was already kind of on that path mm-hmm. but I wasn't down to like 10 right. now it's like I'm really I only focus on feeds and on content that makes me feel better yeah what you're taking in yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so it's like I'm really I'm super um aware of what I'm looking at you know because like she said like you are the things that you consume like you are the people that you're around and so I have to really look at like who are the people that I really want to be like and that's the content that I consume and so um focusing more on that having connection with myself first People always like, what? This is your order of things? <laughs> yes, I take care of myself first, then my husband and my relationship, and then my relationship with my kids. And if any of those things get out of order, it becomes a shit show. Yeah. If I'm not taking care of myself, my relationships with my husband and my kids suffer. Mm-hmm. If I'm take, if I'm prioritizing my kids, then the relationship with myself and my husband suffer. But when I'm taking care of myself and then taking care of my marriage, which we've been married for seven years now and are very happily married, um, you know, the kids stay happy and our relationship with the kids are happy right. because they have a mom and a dad yeah. who are married and love them. Yeah. There's no fighting in the house. It's functioning. It's, it's, functioning. Yeah. it's moving. Everything is kind it's of growing, doing the evolving. right dance yeah. that it needs to be doing. Yeah. So people often are like, oh God, you put the kids, you know, you don't put your kids first. That's so selfish. And it's like, my kids' needs are met. Right. Ten, I mean, it's like, mother. there's no question about it. No. Um, I'm able to be a better mother, you know, when I hit the four seasons with my husband <laughs> once a month for like couples massages and things yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Definitely. So it's important. Oh, and I appreciate you saying that because I'm learning too, especially just being like a you know new world for Justin and I. We're also, you know, just seven years you know, married and we're still navigating this. And I said to him, like when we went to Temecula for anniversary of the weekend, you know, I was like, this is so nice to just be away and like mm-hmm. reconnect. And of course we had Amelia with us because we're still navigating that as well and not having much help out here and, you know, finding people you trust. And that's a whole nother situation, motherhood. Yeah. But luckily we sleep trained her. So, you know, she sleeps pretty well. So we were like sitting on the balcony while she took a nap and had wine and cheese and just got to like reconnect. And it's like, wow, it's so important to have that together so that you can be better together and stronger for yourself to be able to function with a new being. And it's like, I realize the more and more I do that and the more I check out and do my own thing, the more I realize I'm better 
to my family and I'm better to Justin. And I really appreciate you said that because I think a lot of moms and a lot of moms have said to me, well, I feel like I can never take a break or I feel like I can never no, step You have away. to take a break. Yes. Those, that's maybe your feeling, but right. that's not reality. Like right. there's 24 hours in a day you know, as a new mom, eight of which you're definitely not sleeping. Yep. <laughs> um, so it's like my advice is give yourself one twenty-fourth of that day. You know, give yourself that one hour a day, whether it's meditation or going to get your nails done or chatting with a girlfriend or going to grab lunch by yourself or right. whatever it might be or just like sitting at a Starbucks and reading a junk magazine. Like <laughs> you have to make yourself yeah. a priority. Yeah. Um, your baby will be okay even if she's crying in a sitter's arms for an hour like her diapers changed she's being loved on she has big emotions and that's okay it's you know you're not leaving her stranded in the house you know what I mean defend for herself like she'll be okay and And the more that she sees yeah but then also we're our feelings are affecting our children too so like we're stressed and we're overwhelmed and we have all this mom guilt and then we leave them and they're feeling like all of the residue of all of that oh yeah overwhelm especially babies they feel so exactly much it's like yeah so you have to find that balance and obviously if you have like a zero to three month old like not gonna happen <laughs> yeah that's um <laughs> but you know what I mean but like at four months yeah. five months six months I think with Harper I did I learned it the hard way it wasn't she didn't take a bottle of her and it wasn't until she was like nine months old that Evan and I finally went on our first date and I don't know how our marriage survived that wow and then with Dakota because of my blood clots she was on a bottle like pretty much I mean, she loved the boob, don't get me wrong, but like from day two, she, I mean, because wow. I went back into the hospital and Evan had to take care of both the kids by himself. So I, I would pump <laughs> and he would come pick up my pumped milk and then like bring it home, feed right. the baby, come back every couple, you know, I think it was every like eight hours he would come back to the hospital to pick up my milk. But the point is that with her, since she was on the bottle, I think it was, yeah, like three months. And we finally, we went to a movie for like two hours. Wow. And the baby would sleep. You know, like when they're that little, they still sleep so much. So she'd be in yes. a rocker sleeping. My mom would have given her a bottle. And we just did that. I don't even think we did it every week, but like every other week or at least once a month. Yeah, I think it's we really did once important. a month and it was we and it was hard for us. Like we would have to like remind ourselves like, Oh, we haven't done anything this month. We have to like just go to a movie and do something. Yeah. It's like you do you get stuck in this whirlwind with this new baby yeah. and you don't realize, Oh my god, three months has gone by and we've had no time together. That's yeah. what I was feeling recently. I told Justin, I was like, I'm not trying to put pressure on you. I know we have a lot going on and I know you're stressed, I know I'm stressed, but like we need to take time away and be together because like I'm feeling it and I'm not feeling connected to you. Yeah. And I think, like you said, that communication is, like, so important. There's also a really um, interesting thing that a lot of women go through, um, and it has to do with our pheromones mm-hmm. and the things, you know, have. did you ever feel like you just thought D- Justin was disgusting while you were pregnant or, oh, like, sure. that you couldn't stand yeah. him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that carries on into postpartum, <laughs> too, and I don't think it's something that, like... Because I, when I first had my first baby and then I was experiencing that after, I was like, I'm never going to love him again. Like, I'm never going to want to kiss him again. Like, right. I think he's the most disgusting person. <laughs> my husband's like a babe. And I'm like, you are gross. Like, I don't <laughs> even like you. Like, how did I even marry you? So funny. And um, so if any new moms are going through that, I'm just here to tell you that, like, that is just normal. And it right. will pass. Like, I thought... 
you know, that every, I was just like, I'm never going to be attracted to him again. And now I'm like obsessed with him. And right. I, I joke all the time. I'm like, you don't even find me attractive. Like I'm just like obsessed with you. Like it's <laughs> disgusting. Like I'm like so in love with him. Um, another thing is like, we're finally at the phase. We're finally at the phase, sorry. Nice. Where, um, where we can actually vacation away and I, we did that first when Dakota was a little over two and Harper was I think Harper was four and I did this when Harper was two too as I dropped them off with grandma or grandma would come stay at the house and we would do little mini vacays so yeah. like we would just go to Palm Springs for like two or three days yeah or even just the four seasons <laughs> down the street from my house like just one night overnight and a dinner and a massage or whatever it was. And then more recently, like we've been going to Mexico. And I saw it. We're so going. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we went to Mexico in September, again in January. This month we're going to Vancouver. And then we're going um, again by ourselves to um, Mexico again oh, in nice. August. So. You know, we do these little like mini weekends and I think that that's been nice. Now we've done a lot of those this <laughs> this year. Uh, it's been a very hectic year, but we've been able to like swing it, whatever. Um, and so it's been great, but I just, those little things matter. Yeah. You know? They do for reconnection, for like you said, like resetting yourself for feeling yeah. good and healthy and make make rules like no talking about the baby right or babies <laughs> or ba- or children right wherever whatever phase you're in like when we're here you know what yeah. I mean like we really make an effort like of course sometimes we'll say oh we miss them they're of so course. cute but um we really like we bring books and we talk about our future and like where we want to be in life and like all of these things and we really try to stay away from talking about like anything strange stressful and um anything to do with the kids I like that rule that's a good rule I'm gonna insta that with Justin (laughs) yeah I mean it's like all we do I feel like every time we go on a date when we're home it's like how was your day yep it was exhausting yeah kids cried all day they screamed in my face yes my hair was pulled. I'm like, yep. you know, Dustin texts me spit up down my shirt. And he's like, how you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm waiting for Alexis to get here to podcast. But I mean, I had three poop explosions yes. and screaming all day. So and by I'm the way, like, I think that means that you need to size up in diapers. It's time. Well, it's teething also. Because yeah. I asked her pediatrician and she said that it the can make major... the poops runny. Yeah. Yeah, I would try sizing up though. Because okay. that's always worked for me. Or like double diapering. I know really? that sounds insane. But double I used to double I used to double diaper. Really? How do does like that a, even work? Like I would do like a size four and then like a size five on top. Really? Yeah. Just because I was sick crazy. of cleaning yeah, no, poop I get out that. of the clothes. Yes. It's like I cannot. Oh no, I am over it. <laughs> I'm like, uh, there's so there's only so much shout in the world. Like I can't like. <laughs> I'm with you. You know what I, I mean? Know. It's like all of these cute clothes are ruined. I know. Trust me, that's how I feel. And you know me, the stylist. And I'm like, oh, you look so cute for point two yes, seconds. And then it's like over. Oh, brutal. <laughs> it is. Brutal. I'm like fashion fail. Nope. Yeah. Sizing. Okay. I was sizing up. I've heard about the double diaper. I may have to try that. That's like. Is like mean, a total mom hack or worth something? It. I mean, I don't know. It worked for me. It worked for me. Did so. it bother the babes? No. No? No. I mean, my kids, I'm, I'm lucky that they're, um, when they were little, little, they were very like go with the flow. Yeah. Just like whatever. I mean, it's pretty go with the flow. Yeah. Minus her teething. Like right now we're at 
18th and I can see the ninth coming in and I'm like oh my gosh how many teeth do they have like, a lot <laughs> oh my god it's it over? Just like two year molars are like it's like literally hell oh yeah that's what everybody says yeah. and I'm actually kind Real. of praying that since she's gotten everything so early maybe she'll just get everything early and yeah like, just, just be done with and just it. be done yeah I'd rather it almost just happen all at once and just go through the hell than try to like manage like one of my friends has a baby who has two teeth now and she's like uh, 18 months and she's like yours have eight and I'm like yeah Amelia has eight I don't know what that's about but I guess obviously every yeah. baby's different but she was like how is it and I'm like oh it's horrible but now yours has two it's gonna take a lot longer yeah to <laughs> pop those babies through yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know Harper had four teeth at four months so that's like Amelia yeah mm-hmm. it was brutal. and then so when did Harper finish I don't even remember. It was yeah, like such a yeah. Like, I just remember saying often like "fuck this shit," <laughs> like "fuck this." And this this is back when they used to have those teething drops that now they they like pulled from the market because they well, said they were causing seizures, which yes. I don't buy. But okay. Well, now they have the organic ones that I use, the Camellia, and they actually work really well. Never worked for me. Oh, I don't see, know. They work well. For I her. just Motrin and like <laughs> praying. It's the praying. only thing that oh got God. me praying through. and singing yeah, seems to like, help me. <laughs> please, please, her dear Lord. Lord. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please let this pass and don't yes. let me run out of the house in the meanwhile. Yeah. me this morning. Amelia just started screaming for no reason. And I literally was like, oh my God, all I want to do is just throw myself through the wall right now. Please stop. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you're right though. They feel you because... I got started getting really upset and then she immediately like started like getting like quivering lip and I felt so bad and I could tell she was feeling what I was feeling and I had to like bring myself back to center and be like, it's okay, Amelia, it's okay. Like we're going to sit here and play a game. And then like I screamed later after yeah. she went to sleep. Yeah, you know? right. Let me go scream in my bathroom. Yeah. You know? Does she get a lot of like um, independent play like where you don't play with her or like yeah, you even pay I attention take, to her? I take like the mornings to let her do play with me and the afternoon she does individual play. Okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah. I separate it. I think that there's so much value to letting our children explore and play on their own. Yeah. And later on in life, you'll be really grateful because like my kids, I have friends who are like, I constantly have to entertain my children or put on the TV. And I'm like, yeah, my kids have played by themselves or with each other from day one. And yeah, that's it amazing. is amazing. Yeah. Like I don't ever have to do like yeah. I don't have to you know what I mean I do get on the floor sure, with them but it's like they're usually putting on a puppet show and mommy's watching <laughs> yeah right you know what I mean yeah, like there's <laughs> yeah and yeah. it's great yeah. it's great I think there's so much value in that because they're learning to be independent and they're yeah. exploring their boundaries no I agree with you and and I've like been doing that. that more and more now that she's getting older as you can see that Matt here is a mess and that's because she's like exploring and playing yeah. on it and doing her thing and yeah, I let her do that in the afternoons. That's when I try to like do my emails and I like watch her, but she just like sits there and plays and she'll like bang around her cups and finds everything. And now that she's walking, she walks all over, you know, thank yeah. God for gates because obviously it's like I still have to follow her around, but yeah, she's pretty independent and she and I think she likes it. Like I think she likes to explore, like you said, explore their world. Yeah, and, you know, it's 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 important for them. It's like for how sure. do you develop um, curiosity and um, being intrigued by things if someone's telling you how to play all the time? True. Yeah. Like so, how do you discover it on your own? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or like have an inquisitive mind when someone's always telling you how to play or like what each character is or blah, blah, blah. Things like that. Okay. So I love that you said that because I want to play off that for you personally because you've had such a huge journey for people that don't know, which of course they're going to go find and follow you, but people that don't know you, like your history and your background is like, I mean, massive and everything you've gone through. Being like you're saying now with like being an amazing mother and, you know, watching them play and watching them grow and learn you as a person. And I've even seen you from when even I was pregnant a year ago, how much you've evolved as a person and a woman and everything you're doing in your own right with your business and everything. And I'm so proud of you. How do you feel like you help yourself evolve and you allow yourself to continue to evolve and go through these motions and ride this wave instead of listening to what maybe others are trying to tell you Mm -hmm. or what society, you know, thinks you should look like because, you know, you are an extra alley star, you are, you know, 10 years sober, you know, all these things like what, you know, what is it for you that, yeah, I think as someone who has been practicing Buddhism, like my entire life, like there's, uh, my goal is always evolution. Like if we're not evolving, then like you might as well be dead. Like True. it's like well there's said. there's highs and lows. Oh yeah, the lows, <laughs> the lows the are dirt. low. The lows are low, and the, and that's the dirt we're like we're navigating and we're plowing through our dirt in order to grow. And then there's like another layer of you know what I mean. Yeah. And then eventually like we die. Um, <laughs> so, but I think that um, as far as like societal pressure. Um, you know, I have, um, I have, I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown. I talk about her on every single podcast (laughs) because she has changed my life. And I believe that every single woman and man for that matter should read her book. Um, but her book specifically like Braving the Wilderness and her other book, I thought it was just me, but it isn't, um, changed my Changed my life. I spent so many years, um, you know, growing up in the entertainment industry um, and growing up in a culture that's really, um, uh, that's really engulfed in diet culture and sexism and misogyny and um, racism and bigotry and all of those horrendous things. Growing up in this in this culture, um, even as like a very privileged, thin white woman, um, <laughs> you know, like I've been affected um, on so many different ways and in so many different layers. And I had to really do a lot of digging and to see where my unconscious biases were and where my... Um, hate self-hatred was coming from you know there was like there was a lot of that and I think that I'm still working on it as a mom who um gained 68 pounds with my first child and then didn't lose all the weight my body just seems to like to sit about 15 pounds above where I was before having kids um you know it's it's kind of like the self-love journey is not one where it's like, oh, okay, love myself every day. It's like, I don't hate you today. Yeah. And like just telling our bodies, like, I don't hate you. Like I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate you. Yeah. you growing my children. I appreciate my legs that I'm walking with. I appreciate the hands that I have to play with you. I appreciate the arms that I have to hold you. I appreciate the eyes that I have to see you. Like saying these small things um, and 
um, and exploring and being even just being willing to explore. I feel like in this, we've always been told our whole lives to fall in line, you know, mm-hmm. to think inside of the box, to stay inside of the box, yeah. to stay, stay you know, within. Stay, uh-huh. Yeah, like stay in line, stay in your zone. Don't speak out about, you know, when I talk about things like birth or um, vaccines or health food or whatever it is, I often get that, you know, like stay in your lane. And I'm just here to tell you like, fuck your lane. Like (laughs) I'm telling my story. I'm sharing my experience, my truth from a place of like authenticity. And Brene Brown says, you know, like if you're not in the arena getting dirty out here, like fighting the, the, the rough, the hard fight against the patriarchy against the system against the societal norms then your opinion doesn't really fucking matter to me true pretty much yeah you know so that's kind of like the last year what that's looked like for me i used to feel really scared about sharing with people that i was sober mm-hmm. um because i live in a very like stepford community yes, and you do <laughs> yeah it's like literally like stepford wives over there um and I used to feel ashamed about my past. Like, I'm a twice convicted felon. I'm not anymore, actually, by the way. As I say, it's fun from your record, isn't it's it? It's fun from my record. For you. But whatever. I've been in jail like twice. Um, like, this journey's been a really long one. Um, it's been a lot in a very short amount of time, and it feels like a very long one. And so I'm just here to say, like, you know, if you're trying, like, I'm here for it. You know what I mean? Like, I read this amazing post the other day, like, if you're a vegan who uses a lot of plastic, like, I applaud you. Like, you're trying to do something, what you think is best for the, the future, for the planet. You know what I mean? Like, if you're, um, a feminist who whatever whatever like it's like we're all just doing the best that we can and I think that as long as we're trying to evolve and as long as we're willing to explore I mean like the keys to success in my life have been humility first and foremost um um acceptance and surrendering you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like those are kind of like the pillars that and I would add like connection like valuable connections to other people so like humility acceptance you know meaning like like I said like you're not crashing into the waves all the time you're going with the flow humility acceptance and then that connection and love like those are kind of the that's the way that I want to live my life today Yeah, and I agree with you, and I'm realizing, like, even as we're sitting here talking, and it's funny, like, I I think also, we've talked about this, like, off the podcast, but when you become a new mom, and you enter motherhood, you're essentially reborn, you become Mm -hmm. this whole new person, and, you know, you're trying to navigate everything, and figure everything out, but it's kind of like this beautiful, crazy, messy time, too, because as you evolve in motherhood, like you said, you change, and you go through all these different waves, and you figure out what works, and what doesn't, and then you kind of get back to, like, the basics of really kind of, like, what you're supposed to be taught from when you're a young thing, which is like love and yeah. communication and, you know, like you said, all appreciation, all these things. And like for me, something that I'm learning more and more that like we're doing with this podcast is eye contact. Like I never realized mm-hmm. when I was younger that I just didn't have eye contact with people. Like I would look at people, but I didn't like look at them. I didn't mm-hmm. like have these sincere conversations Absolutely. where I would actually feel like I was like feeling their soul, feel like I was getting closer to them pulling away the layers, you know? And it's like, since I've been doing that, I'm like, wow. 
I've gotten so much closer to like certain people like you and others and then there's others that have left my life for other reasons because it just doesn't you know and it's just so interesting when you kind of get back to those basics of like who humans are and like what we're here for and evolving and like the friendships and relationships you're like wow that's so important but it's like so beautiful too yeah I think that there's also like a lot of reparenting that needs to happen and I feel like the mothers that that really succeed and thrive in motherhood are the ones who are willing to do the work on their past childhoods and able to um, work through that trauma or that bad behavior or whatever it might be um, and can, you know, consciously make an effort to do things differently. Um, And that takes a lot of work. And I think that a lot of us, a lot of these things like spanking and circumcision and all of these things that are now we're knowing like are harmful and there's studies on them and all these things, it's generational and like it's traumatic and it's things that we look at that we're like, okay, like we maybe shouldn't be doing this. You know what I mean? And um, I think that I, you know, that's why I'm like such an advocate for informed consent and, and really like really thinking out like all of the decisions that we're making as parents um, and then making informed decisions and whatever your informed decision is, I will respect it. Right. Um, But as long as it's informed, but if we're going through motherhood or parenthood on automatic pilot, just doing exactly what we were taught, like we're never going to evolve. It's true. And and you're never going to actually question and do the research like for me like because I you know have learned from you and others and I'm very thankful have come into my path like as a mom I do so much research and so when people say something to me I'm like listen I've done hundreds and hours of research when you do that then please go ahead and come and tell me what you feel well that's the arena thing right like if you're doing the deal and walking the walk and in the arena with me like let's chat but if you're not then let's not bother yeah yeah I mean my favorite line is I know you see it that way (laughs) oh I know and I still love it I know I know you see it that way Mm -hmm. you know like with a big shit eating grin on my face like I know you know what I mean because like I'm not even willing to like engage yeah there's no reason to entertain there's no there's no point right you know what I mean yeah so it's true yeah so being you know in the doula job of yours like what made you want to become a doula after because it happened after you gave birth yeah so when I had my transfer with Harper I was just kind of like well that was a fucked up experience like I was not happy with the way I was treated in the hospital wasn't happy with the doctor wasn't happy with like all of this stuff so I was just kind of like ugh, and then I ended up um I had a girl reach out to me via social media actually and she's like my mom passed away and I'm a single mom in a bad relationship just got out of a bad relationship and I was wondering if you'd like I don't know just like come to my birth and I was like wow "Mm, okay (laughs) (laughs) so I did and she had a beautiful like uh, unmedicated uh, uh, vaginal birth Mm -hmm. yeah I hate the word natural okay you know why tell me it was like all birth is natural like your c-section was natural like all of this is like it's a part of nature like sometimes it doesn't go the way we want like so I say vaginal, unmedicated vaginal, that. because it's like, 
all birth yeah all birth is natural so anyway she had this amazing birth and I left and I remember calling my midwife on my way home it was maybe like four in the morning and I was like how do I do this like do I need to become a midwife like what do I need to do in order to support women and she was like well contact this place called Beanie Birth and see if they're doing a doula training I had no idea what it was (laughs) I called they happened to have a training that weekend I signed up and I just went I was like Okay, I'd never heard of a doula. I don't even know what you guys do, but like I'm here for this. And then it was kind of like off to the races. It was nice when I was living in LA. We have amazing hospitals like Cedars and UCLA with the midwives and it's much more um, mother and baby friendly and tolerant of natural, uh, not natural, um, unmedicated, (laughs) a natural experience and unmedicated birth. So like if you couldn't afford to have an out-of-hospital birth, but you wanted to deliver with midwives in the most natural kind of setting, the closest thing that you would get is probably like the UCLA midwives over there. Or, yeah, yeah, that's where I would suggest. So I was able to attend like a lot of really, have a lot of really cool experiences. And then when I moved out here, far less people, and we live, you know, in the valley now, Conejo Valley area. Right. Um, far less people like actually use doulas, um, which I find like such a shame when our local hospitals are like have a 32% C-section rate. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Everybody needs a fucking doula. <laughs> um, just because it's been proven. It's, yeah, because it's been proven that doulas reduce your chance of having a C-section by 20%, which is huge. Is you huge. know what I mean? Yeah. An intervention by like, I don't even know how much. I'd have to pull up the statistics. Right. Which, you know, I have no cell reception at your house right now, so I'm not going to. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just think that um, I really believe that if you want to change the world, it starts with moms. And I believe that having healthy moms leads to like healthier children and a healthy society. society, You know what I mean? Um, And so, you know, we can have varying opinions and, and, and live in different areas and, and be diverse. But the bottom line is like, if you're, if you're getting the support you need, if you're healthy, if you're, um, feeling like you're, you're, you're supported and doing the damn thing. Like you're going to have, you're going to raise healthy kids. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you have that support. So that begins in pregnancy and at delivery Absolutely. and all of that. You yeah. Know? Well, and you know, like I love the story of you, how you became a doula. Because I love that you kind of just were like, oh, I'm just going to go and like check it out. But- That's like my whole life. Like I'm just going to get sober and I'm just going to do this and I'm just going to get married and I'm just going to have babies. And I'm I'm very much so, I'm a Gemini. So like I'm just like very wishy-washy. Like we're doing this now and we're doing this now. And thankfully like with much of my endeavors, they've been successful. Well, I don't know. I got lucky. Yeah, it has. Thank you. I'll take it. Right? Oh my God, I'll take it. But I like, that you said like you kind of just like jumped in and then you saw though like you said with helping you know moms and women and making those mm-hmm. informed decisions and, like same with me yes I wound up in a c-section that I of course didn't want which was very hard for me but you and Robin helped me navigate at least making decisions when I went from being at a birth center yeah. to a hospital because let me tell you how that usually works Allie like if you weren't at the birth center so you went to the hospital you went to robin's and you were one centimeter right right? but you had been having cramps because you took the castor Castor oil oil. right and so we thought that it was labor Labor. it was it ended up being early labor right 
They would have never sent you home oh. to take the Tylenol and have a glass of wine and go to sleep, sleep and progress a little. Right. So you would have probably been in that hospital and stayed, right? Okay. They would have just checked you in. Within an hour, they would have had Gonpacin. Right, to try with to crank it, things up. To try to yeah. kink things up. Yeah. With, and then you would have been stuck in bed for another day and a half on an epidural. And it would have never been explained to you what was happening. And you would have gotten not five, but a hundred like vaginal checks. That's an exaggeration. But like she would have <laughs> had like, like 25 <laughs> to 30 vaginal checks. They would right. have been there. You were progressing really slow. Um, uh, she was taking her time. Um, (laughs) and then, but you were progressing, but they would have had no tolerance. And then your bag of water broke. And then it would have been like, well, we're having a C-section. You would have never had the opportunity to get to complete like you did. You would have never had the opportunity to push like you did. And you would have never had the opportunity to make the call that you did of like, okay, we're going to have a C-section. Right. All of those rights and all of that autonomy would have been stripped away from you had you not been informed and been empowered to make the appropriate decisions for you and your baby's health care and your health care yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and so the and that's the average experience that like most women have in this country which is so crazy to me especially as first-time moms who like don't know yeah well they don't know they have no clue they have there's no reference you don't right. know what labor's like and so you go in at one to two centimeters and they allow you to stay when it's like really you should be in bed at home until right. like five there's or no six reason. You have there's no business no, no business being yeah. there and it's a factory so they have they need as much money from insurance as possible and if you're yeah. taking up a bed for so too true. long then it's just like gotta crank you out crank you out crank you out especially in these smaller hospitals that maybe only have 10 laboring rooms Mm -hmm. right so it's like so we've moved away from this place of like where interventions are only for medical emergencies and now like it's routine where everybody gets interventions and as a result we do we have the highest maternal death rate of any westernized country it's crazy yeah it is. And we have um, just a very broken uh, system yeah. that doesn't really support women and babies right. and their best health outcomes, you right. know? Well, yeah. And I mean, I'm just so thankful. Like, you know, you and I just kind of like met on the flu. Kind of how you were saying, I just jumped into being like a doula. Like, yeah. you were on our other podcast, which we blog about with my co host, Amanda Lauren. She had interviewed you for other things from, you know, you being on your show. And then she was like, I really want to have her on our podcast. Like, she's doing amazing things right now, you know, this and this and that. And we had you on and interviewed you. And I just felt a connection to you. And then you were talking about the whole doula thing. And I'm sitting there going, What is this exactly? You know, and I was yeah. like, Well, I need that. And the New Yorker and me is like, Check that box. Okay. Yeah. Alexis, well, you're hired. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, but yeah. I was so thankful that I did jump in because even Justin was like, What is this for? Why do we need this really? Like, and it is like, obviously, an extra expense and all these yeah. things because unfortunately but we're not covered. the thing is, yes, it should be covered. Yes, That's be. the thing is like doulas should be available in all hospitals. Yes. They should be available to any birthing woman who wants one. Um, and, you know, it's a shame that we, because we're not technically medical providers, because we don't provide medical tasks, we're providing like emotional support yeah. and mental health support. Yeah. And that's just not valued in this country. I know. Yeah, I know. It's 
it's kind of crazy. And then after you have the baby and then you're in this craziness and potentially go through postpartum depression like I did and many others, and you realize even more so how much there's like not support out there. And then especially mm-hmm. when you're trying to like go back to work and everything else, like it's just everything's so broken. You're just mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, what is this? Like how am I in this craziness right now? And it's yeah. like, I, but I don't think anybody realizes it until they experience it. Like I know yeah. I didn't. I had no clue about any of it. I was yeah. blind to it. You got to be as prepared as possible. And I think that having a doula also helps to prepare you for yes. all of Because could you imagine going through all of that like oh, no. without being Absolutely able to not. call? Oh, no. And I be like, Justin what do says I do? all the time that he's so thankful that we had you. Because it's, he's like, even for him, he's like, she helped me like be able to comfort you. And she helped me like be able to step in and feel like mm-hmm. I was part of things and doing things. And like we were looking at our birth photos like the other day from you know Bajorna and he was like getting all tear-eyed and so was I and he was like oh my god there were so many beautiful moments like I almost don't even remember but I do remember that Alexis like helped me so much to be able to be a part of that and Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times too like your partner doesn't always get to really step in because they don't know what they're doing they don't know what they're doing and a good doula and I always say this like a good doula will always include partner first and that one photo that I did see where he's in front of you and I'm behind you like that's strategic like I always want you looking in your partner's eyes I always want your partner being the one that's providing you with the main support and then I'll be on the back like we're massaging the thighs or the back or whatever it might be um because this is about you guys becoming parents this isn't about like the doula Alexa show you know what (laughs) I mean like and often I feel like not often, but sometimes doulas can make it a lot about them. Like, sure. I'm going to swoop in and, right. you save know, the save the day. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, that's not what this is about. It's just about providing, like, support and trying to help families connect. Yeah. You know what I have some dads? New journey. Justin was, like, more a more involved dad. Like, uh-huh. I have some dads that are just like, no, I just want you to do everything. <laughs> and it's like okay are you sure and then yeah and then there's some that like want to actually you know even with the pooping stuff are like (laughs) okay it's just poop whatever he didn't tell the story the other day to a friend of ours like thank you for sharing that he's like oh yeah she was pushing and then they're gonna poop and pushing and they're like thanks Justin and he's like I didn't mind I was just like oh okay there it goes you know like thank god he didn't mind but it's like it's true it's like obviously everyone's different but it's so funny because he even said he's like had we had the water birth like you wanted and had it gone the way you wanted, I was jumping in that tub, catching that baby. Like, he was ready to go, hands yeah. on. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, exactly. I was waiting for Alexa's signals. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I had other plans. But, she you did. Know. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's, I, I, I think doulas are just, it's so important. And I keep trying to, like, tell this to moms that are, like, mom-to-bees that, like, it's something at least to look into. Again, make an informed decision and decide mm-hmm. if it's right for you because I think, when you make that decision to have that, even if you only have them really just for like for the birth, I know some people like me, like I wanted you around with beforehand, but like just the birth, it's like that moment, that time, however long that time is, 42 hours for me, more Alexis, but yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. you know, it's like that time, it's so important to have that connection and that support mm-hmm. to feel like you are being able to advocate for yourself. And like you taught me that and sort of Robin being like, do you want that? Like, and looking at me dead in the eye and saying, they want to do this. Are you okay with that? Do yeah. you want to think about Which that? Which is something that the hospitals should be doing, of but they, they don't. Yeah, yeah, but they don't. And then you just gets dismissed and you yes. move on. And that's where trauma happens, right? Where mm-hmm. there's a misfire in the brain of like, this is happening, but why is it happening? Yeah. And you don't know. Exactly. So being able to have someone there that helps you process things in the moment, I think is really helpful. And doulas are great. Like, even if you're having a C-section, even if you're having, if you know you want an epidural, like it's still great. We still have a lot that we can do like in Mm -hmm. those moments you know I would say probably like 
30% of my mamas end up having or wanting an epidural. The good thing about it is that they usually get them much later on, which ensures like better health outcomes yeah. for mom and baby. Right. Um, and it's helpful because they do turn them down when you push. <laughs> so just to let you know, <laughs> um, you know, you may be numb, you may not be, um, depending yeah. oh on God, like where so baby's numb. at. Yeah. Oh. So, but even though they had turned yours down, right. like you know, right. so it's, it's yeah, right. it, it's just it's good but to it's have good one that you around. Say that because like you even gave me grace when because I, I did not have an epidural for a long while, and you even said to me, "You're like it's okay if you get one." And I was like, "No, no, no," but I really don't want one. You're like, "But it's okay." If I think you there's get one. there's moments like yours when you've been in labor for so long and you're so exhausted and you're so tired and you're not able to relax or get comfortable for long enough to like actually rest so in your case when you've been in labor for 24 plus hours and it's been a long intense labor there's moments where an an epidural is indicated as as something that could be really helpful and allow you to give you that rest and I've seen a number of times where moms do that and then all of a sudden they're 10 centimeters like all they needed really? was their bait their bodies to stop, to stop. Yeah. and to relax you know so that way the contractions could keep happening but their bodies remained relaxed their pelvises remained relaxed and baby's able to turn and get where they need to be right um you know so I think that there's there's definitely indications where all interventions can be necessary at one point or another oh, you know yeah absolutely and it's what obviously is best for you which I appreciate with you because it's like like you always say like I'm here for it. it's like you're not judgmental you don't look at a situation and go well that's not what I believe so then therefore you're no. wrong you're like as long as you make your informed decision then like I'm here for it and that's cool yeah and I think that's that's respectful you know yeah and you obviously you know you you and your husband practice that with your you know aloe with your you know recovery center like everything you guys do you see it in your work and yeah. you know, what you guys are doing so I mean it's just it's just so important yeah I think that um that that's how you know that's how we end trauma is is by you know connecting with people and giving them information and then allowing them to make their own decisions right so so for you you've overcome so much with trauma you've done such a great job with like helping others and continuing to give back to your community that's what recovering from reality is all about can you people I'm sure are going to go to your podcast but can you share a little bit of kind of how that was born and like you know why you dove into that yeah, so um, I just, I, when I got sober, it was really public, and I knew that had I had I not stayed away from kind of the spotlight and just jumped back in, that, um, that I wouldn't have been able to maintain sobriety. And so in my sixth and seventh year, I started working on a book, and I really started thinking about the ways that I could help to end this epidemic we have, like right now 70,000 people a year are dying from drug overdoses in the United States so it's a public health crisis it's one of the leading causes of death and um you know so I just thought about like recovering from reality and recovering from reality is not just about sobriety it's about recovering from trauma like all forms of trauma I'm a sexual abuse survivor I'm an early childhood sexual abuse survivor I'm a rape survivor I'm a um drug addict survivor I'm just a trauma survivor all around like I've experienced so many different variations of trauma and so the podcast is kind of a platform where we we can just talk about like how we recover because I believe that if you want to heal 
the world, the planet, our communities, like it starts with yourself. So like if you're healing, working on healing yourself, then, then that is, it's a ripple effect, right? Yeah. No, definitely. So. I mean, I've seen that even within my own life. I mean, that's kind of how Strip Down was born too. I was telling you, it was like, I finally started doing the work to find the healing within myself and with the postpartum depression and everything that like I was navigating and like, okay, how do I manage this? And how do I manage my feelings? And having this platform to be able to talk about it and then feel like I'm also helping others and then having people reach out to me and say oh that's I I went through that too or oh that's so relatable to me or oh thank you for sharing that because I thought I was so alone it's like oh wow not only was that therapeutic to me but I actually help you and like that's beautiful because yeah. that's what we're all here for. Yeah, is to exactly. help each other, and I, yeah. I love your podcast. I think it's amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's my baby right now. Yeah, so it's yeah. good. That's I mean that, that's exciting. You know, it's like it's your it's your next baby in, yes. in your life and in your you know in, yeah. in your journey. So, um, obviously, I'm gonna tell people where you like you know find you. But um, any other new projects that are coming up and you want to share, you know. Tell my audience besides where to find you. Yeah, I have a book coming out in September, a memoir, which I'm really, yes, I'm stoked about. And then I've got the new podcast, Recovering from Reality. And you guys can find me on Instagram at It's Alexis Haynes or Recovering from Reality. I have two accounts on there. Um, and you know, join me, like yeah. join this community where join the conversation. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's a place where people can feel, you know, safe and, and get connected with like-minded people. So really cool. Which is beautiful. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on. Thanks love. for You're having amazing. me. You're welcome. All right, guys. Till next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Strip Down with Allie Levine. If you want to continue the conversation with us, head on over to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also see what she's up to at www.allylevine.com. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.